I'm James Ingram, and welcome to Make My Logo Bigger, where we speak with creatives in the ad business. Today, I'm chatting with Samantha Gracie, actress, singer, songwriter, and social media expert. Samantha, you're here. You're sitting in the room with me. I know. I can't believe it. Crazy. It's so exciting. So we're, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, uh, but I guess mainly want to hit on, on your acting and, and on social media and also, you know, your journey through COVID as an artist and what, what's transpired. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, I had, this is just kind of off the cuff, but I had kind of prepared some questions and then you had uh, kind of come back with some stuff that you wanted to talk about. I mean, I guess the, the giant elephant in everybody's room is COVID. Yeah. And maybe start off by telling us a little bit about your journey through this, just, and, and maybe just a bit of background on what you've been doing the last yeah. four or five years. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's actually crazy now. So I originally from, um, here, Nova Scotia and, Dartmouth girl by heart, um, moved actually like seven years ago now to Toronto, which is kind of crazy. I think it actually might even be eight, um, for acting and singing, um, which obviously as everyone has been affected by COVID that industry in, in interesting ways. I mean, film in Toronto actually saw quite a, a, a boom. Um, but yeah, the challenges that everyone's had, like, we you know, where do you go? And and what do you do and how does that change the shape of what you're doing and how do you pivot and do you need to pivot and, and all that kind of a stuff. So, I mean, we were just talking about this like a couple minutes earlier. I feel a little bit guilty about saying this, but there have been some gifts, I think, to artists with this kind of COVID pause. Um, we're seeing we're seeing that change a little bit now because obviously it's, it's been a long time, but for me personally, I saw a lot of growth in my art and, and kind of taking that pause and taking that break. And I mean, I, I think you were kind of saying the same thing and having some time to reflect on, on what you're doing and, and what it's going to look like down the road. Yeah. I mean, and for us, uh, I mean, it's all about attitude really, you yeah. know, we, we sort of embraced the, the downtime and, and did a bunch of work that we couldn't have otherwise done on the company. Uh, I often think about it, something Sean Clark, the late Sean Clark used to say, a good buddy of mine, if life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think it's true in the artistic community, right? I don't think yeah. we're in a silo here. I think most artists, I mean, Mary yeah. Isaac, for instance, look at the stuff that she's produced throughout all of this. And you know, it's so like, I, this is so millennial of me, um, but you even look at apps like TikTok, like billions of people around the world sharing music and art and and honestly quitting their day jobs because they're getting traction with art. Like it's it's very cool. And whatever those whatever the long term effects of that are going to be will be really interesting. But I I think it's given people the I'm going to just make up a Permission. phrase here, but like, yeah, like the spiritual autonomy to actually do things for, for doing mm. its sake, as opposed to, you know, capitalizing on it and, you know, finding a way to, to make it work for you rather than just doing kind of art for art's sake. And I, I think that being given the space to breathe and, and I don't know, just like there was a bit of a pressure taken off. It's like, I'm not just writing this to, 
to perform it and like have it be big and everyone's going to love it and da da da. It just kind of became like, oh my gosh, this is a survival tactic at this point. Yeah. Therapy. Well, yeah. And what am I going to do to make this time valuable? You know, you can only sit and watch Tiger King for so long. Yeah. And that's how I felt in COVID really. You know, the first couple of weeks we just binge binged, like watched the mighty ducks trilogy, the first day of the, of the pandemic. And then I was like, you know, what else are we going to actually do with this time? And, and I think, you know, even outside of the arts, I mean, we were talking about this, um, at, at a family gathering yeah. last night, people decided what they wanted to do in this time. Mm. And, and I hope that's one of the long-term gifts of this pandemic. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it gave us permission to do basically whatever we wanted to do. I remember when it started, I, I, I'm old enough to remember, uh, I have relatives that came out of the depression and the effect that that had on them. And they came out of the wars, uh, their, their approach and their perspective to things were completely different than, than ours are. Oh, totally. And, uh, you know, there's a softness in this, in these last two or three generations, that's kind of revealed itself, right? Oh, totally. And it's funny too, when you think of like, you know, all of those, what you consider these huge moments in time, like the depression yeah. or, you know, the world wars and, and how you realize that the way that you view it as someone who wasn't a part of it yeah. is so off once you go through your own global event. Yeah. Like I was like, you know, this is horrific, but we're so lucky that we're not in world war two sending our 15 year old sons and brothers and cousins to war. I would be watching Hogan and Redford go to war. Yeah. Like that's insane. Yeah. And that's not to diminish anything that's happening right now, nope. but it made me reflect back and say, wow, how do I actually look at these world events that were absolutely like insane, like crazy. Yeah, And it's really the first time that I can remember, you know, you hear the news and the devastation that's happening around the world on it on occasion and it just starts to become kind of like ear noise after a while. Absolutely. This is the first time it's landed on our shores. Totally. Totally disrupted. Yeah. Affected everything. And if we're not humbled by that a little bit, I think we've missed a big message. Well, that that's kind of my point. You know, mm. I think I'm hoping that I I think I have. Mm -hmm. It's changed me indelibly. Yeah. And appreciated everything. But hopefully that resonates. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about that a little bit. Maybe uh, I can ask you because you're you had quite a journey with TikTok, right? During the <laughs> pandemic. I, did. I I found TikTok and I'm going to have like kind of like my hipster moment. I was on TikTok before it was cool. Um, and I remember showing my friends videos and they're like, what is this? Like, the, like, this is ridiculous. It was like, you know, like 15 second dances and stuff. I was like, no, no, no. This is like going to be the thing. Um, and then it, it blew up over COVID. Obviously I was, we were actually so lucky me and my, um, my boyfriend, Liam, we live with another couple in Toronto. So we didn't have that isolation factor in the same way that other people did. We kind of had our little family unit, um, in our, in our townhouse and, and the dynamic just kind of started, you know, me and, and my friend Kelly, one of our roommates, we were obsessed with TikTok. Our boyfriends would go play the Xbox, you know, 12 hours a day in isolation and, you know, me and Kelly would pull out the ring light and just start doing these TikToks. And, and we had so much fun. Like it's such a, I mean, TikTok should be probably paying me for this right now, but it's, it's really refreshing because you're seeing globally people doing hilarious things and presenting their art and it has a different feel from other apps that are so presentational. I, I find TikTok so um, raw. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm still 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still young, but I'm, I'm not technically the TikTok generation. So keeping up with that was really interesting. It was kind of my first time having to learn something, you know, as an adult that hadn't been in my life, my whole life. Like, you know, I'm very technologically savvy and, and then all of a sudden I was on TikTok watching 10 year olds make like short films. And I was like, how are they doing this? Um, so I really kind of made an effort to kind of, you know, watch what TikTok was doing and, and, and the value in what those apps can bring is really, I think the possibilities are endless, but really it's about taking out the middleman for a lot of artists. I mean, you're seeing, I mean, you're seeing artists, you're seeing like, you know, painters, you're seeing resin workers, you're seeing, um, you know, even like architects and stuff being able to show their work on a global stage um, with the possibility of, you know, millions and millions of views. No, that's really well put. The uh, So just to back up for a second, maybe uh, can you just tell us a little bit about your journey the last couple of years with your acting mm-hmm. and, the, and your music and, and, you know, what what that's kind of looked like through throughout this? Yeah, so I think... You know, a, a long list of pros and cons. I think that, you know, as an actor, specifically in my case, as an actor, I had a real community um, before COVID and very, very lucky to still have that community. But I went from, um, you know, I, I practice, I do acting classes uh, for about like five hours a week, um, a session with AMAW, the Anthony Mindell Actors Workshop. And, and I am like, hook, line and sinker for them. I'll I'll sound cultish when I talk about what they've done for me as an actor and as an artist in general, and and honestly, as a person. Um, So that was the sad part was having that kind of ripped away from me and, and not having that outlet to, because you know, art, and I'm sure you feel this way. Art is like something that uh, it fills you up and you can almost have, you can get like artistically constipated if you're not putting it out there and, and finding a way to express yourself often so, and I was feeling that way. I felt, you know, emotionally unregulated. I felt unexpressed. Um, that was the hardest part with COVID for me on the acting side was losing that, that weekly outlet. Yeah. And that exercise and, and something that I've really realized probably since like my birthday, two years ago, I had this like, you know, adult epiphany that practice is everything. And I, I wish I had learned that when I was like 18 because I could have really made some inroads. But it was something that I really, really noticed throughout COVID is like, you know, the only way to get better is to do and to show up and to be present for it. And that was my biggest struggle, um, you know, over the last couple of years with COVID is just being being kind of sad that I don't get that as much as I'd love to. Um but I mean, but you find ways like you pivot and you do online classes and you, you know, you make shorts with friends or you write or you, you know, you put everything you have into the few auditions that you have. And, and you were able to produce some stuff, right? I mean, you were working, you, you released a song, you released a video. Yeah. You did a number of things, right? And maybe that trajectory wouldn't have, those accomplishments would, wouldn't have happened Absolutely. without COVID. Well, it's kind of like being pushed into a corner, right? Like yeah. you're everything's taken from you that made you feel like you were progressing. And so you sit with that for a little bit and then you come back and you're like, okay, well, and and it was a big learning lesson for me. It was like a coming of age moment where I was like, people aren't out there to make me projects. People aren't out there to write me songs or make me movies to star in or, or anything. So 
it was one of those turnaround moments where I was like, oh, you know, the, the people who are doing this are doing it all. They're, they're out there and they're making it happen. They're producing, they're writing, they're directing. And it was, it was a big learning lesson for me. I think that, you know, it was a privileged way of life before. And, and I really was putting a lot of, of my opportunities in other people's hands. Yeah, it's interesting. I think we went from being told what to do every day. I mean, that may be overstating, but really, I mean, for us, we were told what assignments to do. We we did those, you know, it was sort of a spoon feed situation. And then all of a sudden the spoon went away. And it's interesting because I think a, a lot of people did positive things like you did, but there's another side of that, of that whole experience too. That- well, yeah. And like I said, totally. And I was really, like I said earlier, really, really lucky that I didn't have the isolation experience that a lot of other people had. I mean, I, I really couldn't imagine mentally, mental health wise, what it would have been like if I had lived alone in a 500 square foot apartment and hadn't been able to see people and, and, you know, be able to talk myself through this and didn't have that online community for acting and stuff. You know, it would have been a, a, a very different experience for me. So, yeah. you know, this is not a blanket experience for anybody. So, yeah. Do you want to just, do you want to, I know you don't like to brag too much about yourself, but do you want to tell us a little bit about what you have done? Yeah. Um, it is hard. There was a show in there too. Wasn't there something about influencers that you work on? Acting wise, the most recent thing that I've done, which I'm actually, I'm, I'm really proud of because, and we can talk about this separately, mm. but a big insecurity that I had to work through in acting class um, is, you know, comedy is hard. Comedy is, is in a lot of ways harder than. That's interesting. You say that because I, I mean, you're my niece. I've known you your whole life, but I, I, you know, you've always been very funny. Well, thank you so much. I've always thought that comedy would come very easy to you. Uh, and I, it turns I, out it does, I think. Oh, thanks. But, but, but it doesn't at the same time. I think that, you know, we watch really good comedic actors all the time. And yeah. we're just like, oh, I mean, it's it's great writing. It's it's this, which it is. But to to perform comedy properly. Timing. Timing. And also you have to really care. Like, I, I don't know if as a viewer, we understand that we're not laughing with these characters. We're laughing at them most of the time. It, it's not a mutual comedic moment. It's, you know, an actor cares really deeply about something they get rejected or whatever it is. And we find a comedic because timing and good writing. Yeah. But you know, you can't go up there and, and try to be funny. That's, it doesn't land well. It doesn't mm. work. And, and it's a trap that a lot of people find themselves in. Interesting. Um, which is why I was really nervous when we did the influencers, uh, in 2018, I think, or 2019 now, um, I was really nervous to go there because I was like, oh my gosh, like if people don't laugh, like even if we're taping it, if, if the crew doesn't laugh, is it funny? Mm. And it was this whole different pressure than being able to, you know, get into the feeling of something that's, you know, sad or mad or, or whatever, because I mean, I think all actors have different things that they can tap into more easily than others. Yeah, there's a level of unknown there, isn't there, that there that doesn't uh, exist with drama. Totally. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Mm. So that was that was something that I really enjoyed this this experience with the influencers because I learned a heck of a lot 
from the people around me that were good at comedy. Yeah. And, and the risk taking that people do in comedy and the acting like autonomy, like, you know, being able to present your ideas and to show up and do what you think works for that scene um, was really, really like probably the most I've ever learned on set um, ever. Um, that was really, really fun. And it kind of was like, I can only imagine what it would like to be working on the set of like, you know, the office or something with these geniuses. Well, I always think of the one that stands out for me for female comedy yeah. is Bridesmaid. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that is. Oh my God. I mean, Kristen Wiig and, and my incredible. I mean, they make it look very easy, oh, but yeah. again, to your points, far from easy. Uh, oh yeah. Back to the influencers for those yeah. who don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming everybody in the world has seen it. Yeah. So, right. so basically it was, um, a comedy web series Yes. to tie, kind of tie in what I'm talking about with the comedy there uh, the influencers was as a comedy web series that was, um, actually like, honestly, the best things I've ever done are always things that don't come to me. How did that come to you? How did that, in a normal, how, did, how did that happen? Yeah. I literally got an Instagram message from wow. an acquaintance of mine who was an actor and, and we had talked before about acting and stuff. Um, we were aware of each other and, and he said, you know, I, I just got this audition for this web series my friends are doing. Um, it is an actor project. So I know your union, it works. Would you, would you want to talk to them? And I was like, this is kind of strange. It's not usually how this happens. You know, usually you audition and then it's a whole thing. And, 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 and I'm usually not approached at all. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like you go in and you do your thing. Um, and so they sent me the script and I was like, this is like super relevant. It was, you know, mm -hmm. a, a story about six influencers that are, are brought in for kind of this, you know, big brother yeah. event and, and there's a winner and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, this is really relevant. It's really well written. Um, I know this person that I'm auditioning for, you know, she was this hipster hippie kind of fake, a fraudulent, you know, Instagram yes. hippie. Made um, up. yeah. And, and, you know, I, I'm, I don't think of myself as being fraudulent on Instagram at all, but everybody is. So yeah. I was like, this is, not difficult. You know, this is someone who's in her niche market and, and yeah. parts of it are true about herself. She just frames herself a certain way to, to profit off of it. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought it was really, um, relevant and cool. So I, I did the audition and they ended up, um, giving me the part. Right. And it was all very, uh, you know, I really didn't know what it was going to be like an actual like independent. So I'm, I'm, I'm lost for the term right now, but you know, these were like my peers that were coming together and funding their own project. This wasn't, you know, some big like Netflix studio or anything. So I was like, you know, what is this? it was an independent. Yeah. And what is this going to look like? How, how is this going to go for me? And it was just such a cool experience to be on set with people laughing with them at takes and, and experiencing what it's like to do, you know, comedy that a take can be ruined because it's so funny that you laugh. Like mm -hmm. I never really, this sounds so cheesy, but you see bloopers of that. And as an actor, I'm like, I, I truly couldn't imagine a better job. Yeah. Like showing up for your 10 hours of, of shooting or whatever and hysterically laughing for half of it, for half of it. And, and you know what, what, what that is for your career to just be having fun. Yeah. Um, so that's out now it's, it's on Amazon us and UK and it can be streamed online at Reverie dot tv just to plug that because it is it is really funny um and so that was one season 
Yes. Any any ch- chatter about a, sec- a second season? Yeah. When we went to, uh, I just recently did a little bit of a business trip to LA. Yeah. Um, and I grabbed uh, lunch with one of the producers, Mike Heslin, who is just an angel put on earth. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's the writer and he's currently working on that. And we kind of chatted a little bit about what that might look like. And, and it, you know, it, it's, it's unfortunate because that's probably one of the biggest, we talked a lot about the upsides of, of the time given by COVID. One of the downfalls is, you know, especially TV film acting is it's international, right? So mm-hmm. you have a lot of people living, uh, Canadians living in LA who, you know, aren't able to come back and, and do what they want to do. Yeah as freely as, as before. Um, so that's something that's kind of taken a hit, you know, our, our plans to do that are always hindered by this, you know, this inability to travel freely, um, at least skill free. And yeah, that's the downside yeah. of it. Yep. Yeah. Um, switching gears a little bit, uh, just want to chat a little bit about your, your journey with social media. Mm. And I, and I think it kind of starts if I'm right a little bit with, with tech, your TikTok presence and kind of grew from there. Yeah. I, I think that I always, um, you know, everybody has their feelings about social media and well, you grew up with it. Yeah. It was handed to you. Like yeah. I mean, you're the time you were born and then it came online, yeah. you know, right in that. Oh yeah. Right I, there. I, yeah, waiting I was actually for talking it. about this last night with my parents. Cause I was, I was laughing. Anybody who's my age at, at 30 years old yeah. will remember. And I, you guys might not even remember this because maybe it was like a teenage thing for me, but Pixo websites, like I was quite literally coding at like 13 years old, yeah. these like little personal websites that people had with their like shout outs to friends and da, 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 da. Um, so I was, Early you know, Instagram. I, I was interested in that. So I was proficient in it. I was doing it. I was making the websites and then, you know, Facebook came along and, and I think, you know, a lot of people have their views on social media, which I think are totally fair. I think it's, you know, totally abused and, and is dangerous in the, in the wrong hands yes. and, and all of that kind of stuff. But I always had a very positive outlook on it. I, you know, was somebody who was constantly taking photos and being able to put them on there. And I saw the value in it. I, I saw the value in keeping in touch with people and the self-promotion side of things. Once I started acting and singing and you know, doing at the very beginning, doing covers biweekly and and sharing that through Instagram and Facebook. I saw the return I was having by people feeling like I was being really open on social media. So I immediately saw the value of what it could do. So I understood why businesses needed social media. Yeah. Um, and then a totally like TikTok came around. And I think that that really broadened my eyes. I was like, Oh, this is actually like a real tool. This is not even just, you know, picking who you follow and them following you. This is, you can reach a platform. It's a of, creative platform. Yeah. You can reach millions of people, yes. not just a couple hundred. Um, so I, I think I really tuned into like, Oh, you know, like, and I, and I understand it and I like it and I can do it. And I got really used to doing it for myself um, and finding ways that that worked. And then I, I mean, you were the first person to approach me about kind of working for a company and, and doing that kind of a social media thing um, for individuals and for companies. And and I think that I've it's really been the gift that gave back because as I was doing my social media and then taking on the Jive Photographic social media and, and kind of just making sure that that was consistent and present, I learned a lot that I brought back to my own social media Interesting, presence, interesting, yeah. Um, that really kind of propelled me in a different direction with that too. So I think it's, you know, 
to be in in any sort of business that you want to be a part of the marketing or the advertising or the growth of it or the business development of it. There's got to be that understanding of what social media means. And, you know, you, you, if you had someone here with, you know, their masters in, in social media marketing and stuff, um, there's so many ways to track what you're getting from it. But really it's, it's to me, my core belief about social media is if you're not there, then when they go looking for you, they're done with you. Mm. You have to be at the party to know about the party. Yeah. And that is, you know, the, the top key that I take from my social media. And when I work with others is presence and consistency and messaging make a big difference. So Samantha, as we've kind of talked about already, but I wanted to go back to our, our journey with you in, in, in social media, we were really struggling, you know, to keep up with it and to do everything else. And when we brought you in, it was a game changer really, because, um, you really got us on track mm. and, and you were able to sort of guide us, give us a blueprint for the content that you wanted kind of stuff. I was just, yeah. Maybe talk to me a little bit about yeah. what that was like working with us in the beginning. And um, yeah, that was a kind of a cool, I mean, I, I kind of was lucky in the way that I was introduced to this whole field working with you because um, I don't know if we'd mentioned this earlier, but I, I am your niece. So we had this really good working relationship where we kind of got to figure out our footing um, together as opposed to, you know, it kind of being like an, an outside hire and, and, and me just kind of coming in with something. I came in with my ideas, but you guys really had a way that you wanted to be viewed um, by your clients and potential clients. So I learned so much um, by kind of taking the direction you wanted to go and implementing my own knowledge about social media um, that, you know, a lot of it comes from my experience working in advertising and um, you know, uh, my English degree in which I really focused on writing. So the idea of copywriting captions um, and just making a cohesive social media, you know, identity. Um, there was a lot of stuff that came naturally to me that I knew about you and your company that I thought were important for the world and the internet and, and potential clients and clients, like I said, to know about you. Um, and there was so much opportunity there in the fact that I knew so much about you guys and then was comparing that to kind of the presence that you had on social media already. And, and that was a really unique experience because it taught me so much for these other contracts that I've then um, grown to do through that. Um, you know, it was like a mini, a mini like university course on social media, taking that up with you guys. And, and you guys are so great at jive. I mean, you guys are collaborators. It, it never felt um, too much. Like things were just kind of being, you know, thrown at me without any context. You guys are so involved in all aspects of your company and, and that's so valuable. And I think it's set a standard for the contracts that I then work with in the future um, yeah. that, that branched out from you guys to understand the importance of that collaboration, um, with social media and making sure that the messaging is, is always in line. Um, and that you guys are, you know, you're, you're hiring someone to take care of it for you. But if, if you're involved in your business in the way that you guys are, um, you know, you always wanted to kind of be a part of it and, yeah. and know what was happening. You just didn't have the capacity because you guys were working, um, to kind of take that on as an additional 
uh, step. So it was a really unique experience to start off that way because, uh, you, know, you know, even though I was coming in with maybe the social media knowledge, I learned so much um, about it by what your needs and wants were mm. um, and finding ways to, um, you know, make them happen and bring them to fruition. How is your, uh, it, maybe it hasn't, but how has your approach to us changed from, you know, the first couple of months yeah. to now? I think that, you know, you're learning. It's funny because my, my social media um, work for myself is so self-centered for lack of a better word. Yeah. Um, you know, you're, you're pushing yourself and, and even though, you know, that may seem hard, it's actually kind of easier when you're in that seat and you're willing to do it. When I took on, you know, representing somebody else or a company, um, there was a lot of stuff I learned that I wasn't necessarily learning on my own, right. which was, you know, what's really valuable to the consumer on social media. You think you're going in with one plan, um, but then, you know, you post something that's a little bit off that plan and it gets the most engagement out of the last, you know, 10 things you've posted. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait a minute. So I thought this was going to be the exception to the rule, but really it's kind of showing up as the rule because people are loving it. And I, I've noticed that with you guys a lot, um, you know, people know that you do good work and they engage with your good work. But when we sprinkle in that little bit of personality or connection to you and your team and, and talk a little bit about your process and talk a bit about where you guys are um, very much in present time, rather than always focusing on the final product was a really kind of interesting thing to take from social media. That idea that, you know, the human connection aspect is still very much there as yeah. commercial as it's gotten. And as you know, it becomes more capitalist and it's in the way that it's presenting itself people are still really at their core interested in feeling like they know you Yeah, from your social media. Yeah. And I mean, I, I can't, I really can't say enough about, you know, I almost feel like the social media thing, the Instagram thing is the tip of the iceberg. Oh yeah. Because in working with you, it's opened us up to you. You helped us writing documents, writing pitches. It's not just yeah. making posts on Instagram. Yeah. It's informed everything about our brand. And we feel like you've been a huge part of that in guiding us and helping us get there. Because there's truth be told, there's there's Instagram, there's blog writing, there's what's on your website, there's, you know, everything. And you have to pay attention to how those are all linked together. That's right. You know, in where, one voice. Yeah. And where language comes into play and how digestible is what you're putting out there. What do people really want? What is too much? What is too little? Um, I mean, we, we, we mentioned that earlier. It's part of being good at this is being super like ego left at the door because yes. something that you think is totally right to do in November come January is passe and it is not getting you. That That's interesting. I mean, mm -hmm. and, and, and it's not lost on me that we're a visual, you know, or video production yeah. company, photography company. So we, we have no shortage of content. Yeah. How do you approach a company like ABC Accounting? Yeah. And, and that that's definitely, you know, an interesting challenge because it's so lucky to work with you guys because you're in the commercial industry. You know, branding and messaging. And that's it's not, um, you know, something that is new to you. 
So when we have those discussions, you guys are kind of coming to the table as an unequal player and a peer and being like, oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. This is, you know, this is the image we have. This is what we want. Da, da, da. And when you're working with other companies, that's definitely, I would say, the most important part and the biggest struggle. It's like any kind of service job, like the consultation and understanding really what is feasible and possible and how much energy both parties are going to be putting in and how interested they are in what that looks like is really important and it's going to dictate the success of that of that movement and and people companies that are a bit more brick and mortar um you know are going to have to find these interesting ways of connecting with people um through their instagram yeah so it becomes more than just supplying you with content yeah you need to know the story and and yeah. uh, and the best of the find best, a way in yeah and the best of the best are doing hilarious things like yeah what does wendy's really have to offer on social media constantly then you see that they've done a really interesting thing and, and maybe it wasn't wendy's if i'm misspeaking here but on twitter where they're you know replying comedically and getting the attention of the masses because they're taking a totally a route that if you sat in a meeting and you're like hey i'm gonna kind of talk demeaningly or condescendingly to people who are bashing us on twitter that was risky. Mm. Like that is, I, as someone who's, you know, foraging through this industry, that's something that I would be like, this could really make or break me. Um, but you know, you get, you, it's a good idea. So what do you say to a company that's listening to this and they're like, nah, I don't, I don't really think we need, we're doing well. Yeah. You know, business is good. We don't need that presence. You know, and I, I, a lot of what I approach social media with is, if I'm the audience, that's a, a lot of the decisions that I make. I think to myself, you know, would I read this? Is this too long? If I got this newsletter, would I click it? If yeah. I got this, what would make me click it? If I, you know, what makes me engage? And then I try and kind of, right. you know, weaponize that. Um, yeah. Probably not the right word, but use it as a tool. Interesting. You know, if I hear of a restaurant, I'm probably not Googling it and looking it up. I'm checking out their Instagram. I'm seeing what they're, I'm literally looking for images of what they're going to serve me. So if you're not there, like if I go to search a business or find that's more honest, when you look at an Instagram feed of a company rather than the website, do you find there's more honesty there or there's well, you better, well, you better there insight? Because there is in a sense that there's who they present to be, then there's tagged images. So that's actually out of their hands now. Now I'm looking at, you know, the, the engager taking photos at the restaurant. Um, you know, I'm getting real time images of what it's like to be in that restaurant, what it's like to eat their food. Is um, it popular? You can tell that. Yeah, exactly. And, and honestly, living in this day and age, you're looking at the effort that they put into themselves online. Is their branding? Is this is this engaging for me? Am I am I interested in going there? Am is I this entertained? holding my attention? And the one thing I'll tell you for sure is internal red flags go up if I search you and I can't find you on Instagram. I'm kind of like, what are these people doing on the marketing end of things? Why is this not important to them? Mm. They've kind of lost me now. You know, I think social media has kind of become the yellow pages. It's like you're looking for their presence. You're looking for where to find them. You're looking to link. I'm more likely to go to their website from their social media right. to then gather information. Interesting. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes, sure, it's hard to measure what that's doing for you. But if you're not there, then you're not there. Mm. And it makes the consumer's decision a lot easier. 
Interesting. How do you see it? I mean, I, this is a crystal ball question, mm. but how do you see it evolving? I mean, it's interesting because I think we're almost, and I'm, I feel this way, but I don't have any sort of like research to back it up, but we're kind of at a social media plateau. Like mm. what is going to be next? We've got something for just about everything. You've got your long, um, long end videos on YouTube. You've got your photo base on Instagram. You've got your, you know, discussion topics on Facebook and you've got your short term video on TikTok. Real, yeah. What is the next step? It's so interesting to me. You know, it's like the, the classic habit of, you know, imagining that there's going to be flying cars. Is it holograms next? Are we going to have, you know, what is the metaverse going to bring mm. to the table? What does virtual reality bring to the table? What does that start to look like? Yeah. And what's the next magnet for eyes? Yeah. Well, and NFTs right now, like, right. I am NFTs and crypto are something that I need to sit down and you're just talking about that the other day <laughs> and like figure out how to do a PhD yeah, on or no. something because I am understanding it on a surface level, but I'm kind of like faking it till I make it. I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Crypto. <laughs> Yeah. So that's going to be the thing, you know, and it's important for us to try really hard to understand where those grassroots of these things are, because it's very likely that these are the future. Yeah. I mean, NFTs are blowing up. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Comes and that's really something that's probably going to be super interesting for you guys. Yeah. With imagery and you know ownership currency yeah and what that looks like for multimedia yeah companies yeah you know right. it's where is the division between what an nft is and what you guys do when it's put into that universe of the internet yeah i mean the you know the the thing we're finding is that this moment in time in life we're able to because of our our platform of knowledge we're mm -hmm. able to add podcast yeah. drone you know a lot of different things to create content with yeah. because content isn't just photo and video anymore yeah and you're not even you know now that there's so many ways to present content you're not you're also struggling with like and we talked about this with drive social media it's like okay we need vertical uh, vertical videos for this yeah we need horizontal videos for this platform we need 15 second videos for this platform we need three minute videos for this platform and so it's like really half the job is keeping up yeah. with what you actually need. Yeah. And then what, what content serves you on each platform and, and when are, you know, peak times on each different platform is different. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Again, from an advertising standpoint, you know, I'm not totally unusual to art directors dictating, you know, they need a vertical or horizontal or mm. they need some variations on yeah. photos, but it, it's now totally changing the way ad agencies work because mm -hmm. totally. they have to write, they have to write for these particular platforms. You know, we just did a big campaign for Nova Scotia works and that was a big part of it. Yeah. Well, and cause now you're even thinking, you know, to get super technical, like sharing something on Instagram, you, you almost want to put like a, you know, postable of a vertical and horizontal together. And that doesn't always work. No. So you're, you know, you're making decisions like that all the time and, and it's affecting where those things go. It's, it's a, yeah. you know, you're figuring it out as you go yeah. and gathering attention, 
comedic angles, the personal angle. Um, we're kind of on a new frontier. Like we're, we're living it and it doesn't feel so new to us now, but we are, the possibilities are really endless when it comes yeah. to engagement, branding and engagement and messaging. And we're still figuring out what works. Cause there's a, you know, there's a set way that it works for sure. And then there are people who are brave enough to take it to the next level. Yeah. And, and, and they're seeing the return on it. Yeah. It's exciting times. It is. So I just wanted to thank Samantha for dropping by the studio this morning. It's been so great to hear about her creative journey the last couple of years. And we really look forward to what's next for her. We really love hearing these stories from our creative community. So stay tuned as we will be inviting more folks to come and chat with us.